0: The media loves to talk about technical analysis lore, like the 200-day moving average. But does any of this make sense? We uncover cover that and more on Mythbusters, researched by Potomac.
1: Before we start the show, we'd like to remind our audio listeners that this show was developed as a video podcast. If you'd like to see any of the visuals that are referenced in this episode, we invite you to check out our YouTube channel. Simply search for the Conquer Risk Podcast. You'll see all the shows we produce, including this one. And just like the audio, you can subscribe to be notified the moment a new episode drops. Enjoy the show. From Research by Potomac and the Conquer Risk Podcast, this is Who Charted.
0: Okay, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Who Charted, brought to you by the team here at Research by Potomac. I am Dan Russo, the Director of Research at Potomac. And with me, as always, is Drew Wells. Uh, You know the drill, six charts, six minutes, the most exciting six minutes in markets. Drew, what do you have for us this week?
1: All right, big week last week in the S&P 500. We took a look at the uh, percentage of components uh, in volatility breakouts, right? So very simply, we're looking at... One month volatility that is uh, unusual uh, for individual stocks uh, over a multitude of uh, timeframes here. It's really interesting to see as we've broken down through that 3850 level to the downside, we've seen a pretty big meteoric rise in the number of stocks uh, trading in a a volatility breakout. Right. So actually, we haven't seen uh, it's been well over a year since we've seen readings this high. What's interesting is this is very similar to um, like big signals. If you do any work, like quantitative work or anything like that, is that forward returns tend to be pretty good uh, looking out. But with the big caveat, before you get super bowled up on everything that I'm saying here, the, the big caveat is that that 40% can very quickly turn into, you know, 60, 70, 75% plus. So, you know, anything signals related, you have to take everything uh, and, and manage risk accordingly. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a counter trend bounce to see another attack on 3850.
0: All right, kind of following up on that with an expansion of volatility breakouts, uh, we do think we are getting closer to capitulation. Now, this chart has showed up at our work a few times. Basically, it's the difference between NYSE 52-week highs and lows. And what we've tended to see over time is that when the S&P 500 is in a drawdown of 10% or more, that capitulation point generally comes when the difference between the highs and lows, and this is in percentage terms, gets to around negative 40%. Now, back in back in March, back in May, we saw some readings in the 20 30% area. Uh, last week, we got down below negative 30%, but generally speaking, negative 40% is kind of that threshold that says, yeah, we've seen a complete puke, capitulation, uh, might be time to start looking for a bottom. We haven't gotten there. We've been steadfast in the call that we haven't seen capitulation, but we are getting closer. So, you know, don't want to uh, be dogmatic in our views here. Uh, we are getting closer and we wanted to highlight that for you here today all
1: right uh i think that we measure commodities in a lot of different ways we've all seen the ratio charts of commodities relative to stocks and relative to bonds here's a commodity chart relative to uh and in, in my opinion what its biggest competitor is is the 60 40 portfolio right so i think when people think of diversification they immediately think of stocks bonds maybe cash uh, depending on how high a cash percentage that they can go but take a look at uh, how well commodities have outperformed particularly year to date right so we've come off of the highs a little bit and uh, i think everybody kind of wants to you know call the top in commodities um, obviously it's been a nice run here there's been a lot of people that have missed out on space done a lot of work on this uh, saying that you know commodity cycles tend to last you know a number of years so we could be in the very early you know relatively early innings of that take a look at the momentum 14-day rsi Uh, in the bottom pane here. Year-to-date, that bullish RSI range on this ratio has really defined that uptrend. So I think as long as we can hold in that bullish momentum regime, uh, you know, relative to the 60-40 portfolio, commodities are still a strong contender.
0: Uh, And as such, we will follow up by looking at the different commodity groups, precious metals, industrial metals, ags, and energy. And what I would say is that three out of the four are at key inflection points as we enter this week we're recording this on tuesday morning june 21st right industrial metals after breaking the uptrend line have come into support energy is finding uh, price-based support as well as rising trend line support after a monster right breakout Energy bulls do not want to see that be a false breakout. Ags have been under pressure for a couple of weeks. They've been consolidating. They've now reached an important area of support. So if the commodity super cycle is going to continue, you would expect to see these areas of support hold now precious metals are still just kind of a disaster a sloppy mess of a consolidation and until we get through that resistance zone um i'm really not paying that much attention to it uh wake me up when resistance is broken but three out of the four groups are at an inflection point right now if that super cycle is going to continue you'd expect these groups to rally from here all
1: right dan covered energy a little bit in the commodity space uh, in the previous chart i want to cover oil and gas uh here i think everybody's getting really excited uh, particularly the people that miss the run in energy are getting really excited about uh, XOP, oil and gas exploration and production, breaking its 50-day moving average You know, for the first time since May. Uh, we spent some time below that in May and the uptrend resumed. Um, take a look at relative to the S&P 500 here in the bottom pane, testing that highlighted uh, relative support zone, which is kind of a zone of confluence with uh, the 50-day moving average of the ratio. One thing you'll notice year to date is that 50-day moving average of the ratio has really defined the uptrend. So if we want to see energy continue to outperform, I think that that's probably a key technical indicator um, for the space to hold. Again, 124 is probably your support level that you want to keep an eye on back to the lows back in late April and May. Uh, you know, bulls want to see those uh, levels hold to the upside. I think as long as we're above these levels, you got to give the credence to the bulls. Um, a lot of people are coming in and trying to, uh, a lot of people that missed the rally are coming in and trying to call that bearish, but they're not there yet.
0: All right. So the title of this slide says it all. Risk management is greater than your narrative. And I'm going to go off on a rant here a little bit. I'm definitely going to go over one minute. I don't care. Uh, This is Bitcoin. Now, this is not us saying that we like Bitcoin, that we dislike Bitcoin. This is us using Bitcoin as an example of why risk management is so important and why risk management supersedes your narrative. This thing had a monster run and then it went into a consolidation. Right. And whatever you want to use for a risk management process, whether it's a trailing stop, whether it's technical levels, whether it's moving averages, something in this case here, I'm just using Fibonacci retracements as a simple illustration, taking the retracement from the uh, the low after the previous blow off top. To the most recent high. And you can see at various points along the way, there were opportunities to get out of the way. When retracement levels are tested and they do not hold, i.e., they are broken, that is telling you that something is wrong, right? At various points, whether it was at 43,000, 36,000, 28,300, and now down here around 18,000, those were levels that should have held if the uptrend was going to be intact, and they didn't. At every one of those breaks was an opportunity to manage risk regardless of the narrative. You may believe that Bitcoin is going to supersede the dollar. You may believe that Bitcoin is going to become a global reserve currency. That is not what we're saying. If that's what you believe, that's fine. That's your view. You're entitled to it. But manage risk, right? The price is telling you that in the near term, at least, that that view is wrong. At various points throughout time, you had an opportunity to manage risk here. And if you chose to look at the narrative over risk management, right, the old mantra of the crypto community, have fun staying poor. Well, if you don't manage risk, that, that's a good way to end up poor in the long run. So um, not a call on Bitcoin here. More illustrative purposes. We spend a lot of time talking about risk management and managing risk and, and you know, having a process to do that. I think that this chart is an illustration of how that could have been done. And anybody who didn't pay attention to it, Well, now you've learned a lesson. Hopefully you internalize that. Uh, Risk management is greater than your narrative. I'm going to leave it there. Apologies for the rant, but um, I hope I went over actually.
1: Drew, take us home. Thanks so much for spending some time with us, everybody. If you like this content, don't forget to like and subscribe and manage your risk accordingly. And we'll see you in the next video. We'll see you soon.